2: As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash pupchanges. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection.
3: Welcome to the com rugby podcast, episode 94. I am Lee Calvert. As usual, the gentleman over there is.
0: Uh, Josh Gardner of com.
3: And joining us this week, some say his collection of excessive carriage return tweets is only exceeded by his collection of cravats. <laughs> One week he's in polka dots, and next week he's in stripes because he a dedicated special guest that's Mr. Paul Williams. Hello, Paul.
1: Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Aye. All the better for having you here, Puck. <laughs> you can get
3: in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud. You can And there's Lee at Blood and and there's a web page and there's a Facebook page. And how do people get hold of you, Josh?
0: Uh, at Josh Gardner, uh, at rugby Watch or indeed RugbyShitWatch.com, etc.
3: And what about you, Paul? What's the old Twitter handle?
1: I am at ThePaulWilliams. He is. The, the only man original. with a blue tick
3: around these parts. Yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Honestly, every time you come on, I can't stop talking about the blue tick.
0: I got Putin. Putin got that for me. <laughs> wow! It's about time he's he's holding his end up. A Is little that the prop for Krasnyar? Yeah, you've done a lot for him over the years, Paul. <laughs> I've so. done
1: loads. Yeah.
3: We are on Acast, as you probably know, because you listened to this already, and we're also on the Apple Podcast thing and anywhere else where podcasts are sold. You can leave reviews. Thank you very much for all of you who've left us five star reviews so far. We begin as we always begin with a player spotted. Andy Snedden got in touch via the Twitter direct message. I've opened my direct messages now. Anyone oh, can gosh. DM me. Yeah, well,
0: but You're for ages, s- I didn't realize... People lining that... into your DMs. Oh, but, dear.
3: But even when they DM you, you have to actually accept their DM, and I didn't realize that. I found about seven from over a course of two months, and people thought I was being ignorant, but I wasn't. I had no idea how it worked. So,
0: I mean, you were, but not... Well, yeah, I wouldn't have answered them anyway, yeah, but... Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so anyway, Andy Sneddon got in touch on the Twitter DM. He said, I was hanging around outside of the ground and I saw Sonny Bill Williams. I sidled up to him and said, all right, mate, how's it going? And he just said, do you want a picture? <laughs> and to which I said, yes. He motioned to my phone, broke into a smile. Once the pic was taken, immediately went stony-faced again and walked off.
0: Oh God. What must it be like to be Sonny Bill Williams though?
3: What must it be like to be any my son, when I was in Cardiff doing a bike ride last July, my son spotted Gareth Bale, and you'd both know this, Spotted Gareth Bale in the NCP car park on Westgate Street.
0: Oh, it's a quality. Well,
3: it's not... quality, it's a quality. Smells of urine costs about twelve pounds yes. an hour to park yeah. there. And he um <laughs> anyway he was in there and of course Paddy went over and said, Can I have a Photo taken, he just nodded without speaking. Did a bit of a smile, and I said, I said, Thanks, Gareth. I can see you with your family. Cheers, mate. And he just nodded at me, did the entire interaction without <laughs> speaking. But I suppose you'd have yeah. to, see, wouldn't you? Because they're going to drive you bloody mad, wouldn't it?
0: Well, yeah, the last yeah. thing he wants to do is get into a conversation with you, let's be honest.
3: Well, with me especially, yeah, I can understand
0: especially that. Especially with you, but like
1: anyone.
3: <laughs> really. He went, are you Lee Calvo of the Blood com podcast? Yeah, I fucking can't yeah, stand I'll you, think, get yeah. out of it. So,
1: yeah.
3: Right, <laughs> last week we had a thing, Paul and Josh, you remember, where we said, any suggestions of how we'd like Ruby to change a bit? Uh this oh, yes. this year. Suggestions of laws, some sensible not sensible. I suggested that there must be a rule that the ball in commentary must always be called bastard instead of ball. Yeah. So for example, Sam Warburton managed to get his hands on the bastard, but the ref ruled that a ruck had been formed. Something like that.
1: That's genius.
3: So I'd like to expand this. I want because this weekend I found myself saying something similar. I want the scrum to be called keeping the bastard thing. I want the scrum to be called twatting thing. <laughs> so put the bastard in the twatting thing. For example. Yeah. The ball is there, the bastard is there, get it out of the twatting thing. That's good. Yeah, so I'm all for that. So any other suggestions you've got out there, ladies and gentlemen, of where we can just completely change the entire phraseology of rugby to be replaced with swear words is is what we're looking for.
0: Uh yeah. I, I can't imagine that this is going to go badly for us at all. <laughs> Not at all, no. no.
3: Especially when my DMs get blocked up with basically yeah. nothing but swear <laughs> Like Roger's Profanosaurus, but for rugby, I
0: spoke. Um <laughs> See, that would be one of my, pride, my proudest achievements, if that's what we ended up creating. So
3: Yeah, coming up tonight, we've got some news. We've got what we learned from the weekend. We've got shit good ratings and all that kind of stuff as usual. So we're going to start off with some news. Big news, first of all, come through today. Well, it was a bit of a the world's worst kept secret, really, but Wasps have signed Lima Sopawanga.
0: Yes. It's it's not bad, is it?
3: It, Well, no, because he's a very good player. (laughs) However, you know, because Wasps really needed another back, didn't they?
2: Yeah. That's definitely where their problems
3: are among the backs.
0: I mean, it looks like Danny Cipriani's off somewhere else, so he is filling the...
3: Any word on where that is?
0: Uh, he said, I think he said in an interview today he's had offers in France, but he hasn't made his mind up yet. Um, I think France would be the best place for him. Because, I love like,
3: the way you said that. France is the best place for him. Best Get place, place for him.
0: Well, <laughs> no, I think about it. It's like he might as well go and be sort of vaguely mercurial without having to really do anything in France, because they'll, they'll appreciate that over there, where he gets absolutely bloody like, hammered for being a, mature, a mercurial defensive liability a lot of the time in in England. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Do you know, it's it's a similar situation to the one that Alex Cuthbert <laughs> finds himself in, I think. Yeah. A little bit different. But they just need a change of scenery, you know? And I know we, we live in a sort of global media landscape, but if you're out of the English Prem, you won't be seen as much, you won't be talked about as much. You know, not everyone watches the top 14 highlights. I think uh, that would be a good move for both of them. You know, two years over there, earn yeah. a few quid and uh, it's less pressure. They'll be happier. God, I would
0: yeah. be. And let's face it, like, he, he's never going to get back into the England team, certainly not under Eddie Jones. No. Like, it's, that's just never happened.
3: Eddie Jones so... will play Gary Graham at 10 before he'll play Danny Cipriani <laughs> at 10.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he said, you know, Eddie Jones has said that Marcus Smith is like ahead of him in the pecking order, which is fucking batshit when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, as
3: talented like, wow. as Marcus Smith is, obviously, but
0: yeah, absolutely. we'll get onto him a bit later. But God, like, it's it's just like cut your losses, pull a Toby Flood. Like Toby Flood went off and had a couple of years in in Toulouse and seemed to vaguely enjoy himself, and and they they quite liked him over there. Whereas when he was at Leicester, it was just a constant. Is he going to get back in the England squad? Is he going to get back in the England squad? Well, no. Once you're in France, that's not going to happen anymore. And it's the same with as you say. It's exactly the same with Cuthbert. Let's just put that out of the picture and let him focus on actually being a tidy rugby player.
3: There's also something about being able to walk down the street unmolested, isn't there? Yeah,
1: there I think is, if you go out, especially
3: yeah. like if, you're in, if you if you sign for the team in Paris, nobody we'll have a fucking clue who you are. so you, might, you well, can just can't. you can live anonymously, can't you?
1: Yeah. And I think there's a
3: lot to be said for that. They might just think that Alex Cuthbert is sort of a Charles de Gaulle tribute act, something like that. <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah, but he's um, but he, he'll probably do all right. There is something about that. It's like I think the the dream to change subjects. Like the dream job must be to be like. Do you remember who was that guy who died last year? Who that's in... not day No, anymore. sorry. I, I'm gonna keep. Clean, fi- then, I'm then. gonna keep filtering. He was in <laughs> Heat Wave and he wrote half of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Rod Temperton. Oh uh, yes. And he was like a gajillion bajillionaire, obviously. Yeah. But could like go shopping and nobody would yeah. have a fucking clue who he was. There's yeah. something about would, that.
0: Yeah. Would you rather be, you know, Quincy Jones for a you know, I know Quincy Jones is famous, but he doesn't have to be. <laughs> like Yeah. It's it's that. With the power you, behind do you
1: know you've already got to look at the all blacks because whenever they play in New Zealand, right, you always see them say how much they love going over there, because no one's got a clue who they are. Yeah, so they it's can walk mad. down the street, even in their full kit, right, with Adidas on and the ferns and everything. <laughs> no one's got a clue who they are. You know, they can go yeah. in the Adidas shop, not get mobbed. They love it. Amazing.
0: There's a lot yeah. to be said for not like being anonymous a lot of the time.
3: And don't we know about that, everybody? See oh us? yes. So...
1: <laughs> it, it, it could be said that Cuthbert has been anonymous. <laughs> yeah. for the last
3: Well, there is
0: that.
1: <laughs> <for> the <laughs> last twelve. Years. He's Maybe. already blocked me. I've got nothing to lose.
3: <laughs> Has he blocked you? Oh.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't
3: tend to follow professional players much. I follow Andy Goo because I like to be enraged by things that he says. But that's because t- <laughs> I don't know. There's the deep part of me that can't escape it. But like,
1: know, I'm he thinking... made a, he, I, I, I quite like Andy Goo. He made a lot of sense this week though with the Bastros situation. I know he's taken a lot of flack on Twitter, but he's made. Oh yeah, I agree with him on that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm full square behind that. Yeah.
3: Although they have dug out a tweet from 20, 2011 where he said to get, get to Guy Mercer here's big gay Danny, how's that little fudge you're getting on in Bath? Yeah, so you're well, not, you know, there's, Trump, there's, Trump, he's got the Trump ah, problem, has he? There's always a tweet, there's always yeah, a tweet. Do you give I'll us a... with
1: one hand and <laughs> Yeah. You...
3: Do you want to yeah. talk about the Bastro thing while we're on that? Oh, well, it's newsy, yeah, not it? Well, oh Well, it was completely out of order, obviously. He's yeah. a troubled lad that, I'm not forgiving him, by the way, well, I'm just no. explaining that this is not unsurprising with Bastro, no, no. because he's not, if... he's not particularly hinged, is he?
0: No, of, of all of the fastenings that he has, <laughs> the hinge is not. No, not one. He's not one that he's yeah. got in plentiful supply. No, um, I, I mean, I don't really care. Like, fair enough. He got. He might like the Torrezo player might have racially abused him. If that's the case, then yes, let's fucking throw the book at both of them. Mm. But there's not really any mitigation for like. He's a twenty-nine. Like I know, he's a professional sportsman, and professional sportsmen are essentially children. <laughs> However, he is a twenty-nine-year-old man, yes. and the, but the worst part of the whole fucking thing, as al, uh, uh, as always in any situation involving mm-hmm. Toulon, the worst part of everything oh, is of course, fucking yes. Murad Boujelal.
3: Should so we go through what he said? Oh. Should we go through what yes. he said? Good
1: guess. So this that. is what
3: he said. Murad Bujal said in response to the fact that there will be a disciplinary hearing, he said, what I'm afraid of is the Mormon side of the EPCR with the Welsh and the Irish. <laughs> they are people who sell morality when they do not have it. The game, the same, who have ministers who are whipped in private but pass for clean guys in public. I mean, that's a hell of a leap,
0: isn't it? I mean, kink-shaming, t- for one.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> I, take, I, take, I take issue with this, right? And I tell you what, he clearly hasn't been to Swansea on a Friday night, right? Yes, not a lot. Morals, street mate. Morals are not high down there on a Friday. Mormonism, I mean, the sort of the, the polygamy. Fair enough, right? You will see a lot of that. But that is where it ends. He's mental. He's. I would. You know, I was thinking earlier when I when I knew he was coming on, we were talking. I knew he'd crop up, and and realize, you know when you when you. When you're writing about rugby, you have to have an air of sort of neutrality and common sense. But I'm finding it harder and harder to mask my loathing for that bloke. I really am. You know, I'd rather go for a pipe with Trump than him <laughs> at the moment. And that's a you know, that's a big statement. I'm not a fan of it either.
0: It's just like the best part of that, that you left out, Lee, was the part where he was like, you know, oh, it's basically fine to make jokes about everything except for paedophilia. So, you know. It's like, hang on, what? <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
1: I know he's a fucking
0: stratospheric arsehole. We all know this, but like on this occasion, he might have jumped like a whole double-decker bus's worth of sharks. Do you think this
3: because... is what happens when you live in when you live in a bubble? Because I don't well, think he probably got anybody around him. who just goes, Murad, you're talking absolute shit, mate. Just shut yeah, up. Do you just, know what I mean? Because they don't. Do it's they? always
0: the problem when he's basically just incredibly entitled. And this is, you know, this is just the latest and most unbelievably ridiculous example of his ridiculous sense of entitlement because he's thrown money at rugby that he thinks that rugby owes him everything because why it does it though because if
3: Toulon didn't have all that money and didn't buy all those galacticos I, I wouldn't really be that asked
0: no. I don't think well, rugby would
3: massively suffer by not having Toulon winning those three European Cups. I'm not saying there weren't there wasn't something to admire about them, but as a game, yeah. there's nothing you look at it and think, "Oh, thank you, Murad, for delivering this yeah, ridiculously expensive playing. squad of 32 yeah. year olds." I don't, yeah. just, you know.
0: Yeah, it's not like they ever, like they occasionally played some fucking brilliant rugby, but a lot of the time they didn't. He just, yeah, he fine, you know. Congratulations, you. Nearly ruined Gethin Jenkins' career. Ooh, he did yeah, ruin it. Did. You Park really have Benny's
3: never forgiven kid. him for that, have you? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: good will Italy, ever... Andrew no good will
1: all. ever come from reading too many comics. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I feel the same about Warhammer. And I suspect he plays a bit <laughs> of that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, this, is the,
0: this is the thing about him. It's like the, the angry nerd, like he's <laughs> never he was never able to realize his ambitions on the field so instead he's kind of throwing absolute ridiculous grenades and a big pile of money at it from the sidelines now that he's minted. And I mean, we can all relate to not having realised our ambitions on the field and then using that <laughs> as fuel to rant from the sidelines. Oh, I don't but know about on. that.
3: My my ambition oh, was to play third team in Division 4 South East <laughs> in Wales. That was always my, amb- always my ambition.
0: You peaked too young, that's I know that's what
3: it was. I, th- I got to 25. I thought, fuck, am I going to do now?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Next stop on the bench for the second... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the um But I mean while we're on Bastro by the way, we must always you know, you don't want to dwell on it too much, but how how, how is he that shape?
1: <laughs> Which, you know, but, weird, but you know weirdly, and I've always been sick, you don't need to be nineteen stone to play outside centre, right? Or nope. inside centre. Like oh <laughs> but we but we, or think number eight or, actually... or, or, or or flanker yeah, yeah. or <laughs> any position on the field. He's got, a, he's got, you know, he's had issues like an eating disorder, isn't he? I think he's had issues with bulimia and
3: alcoholism as well, isn't he?
1: Yeah, so it's, you know, it's it, it's a really interesting situation. For instance, I don't think, even with the sort of mental health aspect to one side, I don't think, say, for under, underneath Warren Gatlin, hmm. that he would have been allowed to play in that condition, you oh, know, marinda. in that position. It's, um, you know, Richard Hibbard you know sort of slight weight struggles and obviously you know was in and out of the welsh guard for that reason he was a hooker you know that guy's got a lot of caps at test level you know and he's a he's a big name it's a natural situation adam jones you know
0: like one of the best tight ends of his era but the second that he went up over you know a certain weight he got dropped and you know that's pretty fucking hardcore However. But you know
1: what, it, it it almost sums up French Test Rugby, in a way. You know, if you can get picked for the national team looking like that, then <laughs> that's where they are in the world, isn't it? But we, well, sto- yeah, we, we storm at...
3: into a brave new future with Jack Brunel, don't we? So, you know.
1: Well, you've only got to look
0: at some of the bloody front rowers that they pick. Yeah. You know, they are just essentially, like, they offer nothing around the park. They're just massive, and they're not necessarily massive because they're big and strong. Did, but so,
3: Antonio yeah. does offer round the head off-loads, though. And 23 yeah, stones. Yes. Yes. You know. yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have we got, then, from a... To go back to the whole Bastro thing, just very quickly, mm-hmm. Andy Goode was right to say this is completely out of order. I have a question with Andy Goode, because I think he's a bit of a knob and a hypocrite, but that's just me. And he had, so the... But the kind of responses he gets around it was on-field banter... In fact... You know we did this rugby laws thing. Let me say this one: mm. anybody who uses the term "it was banter" to defend anything, it is all right for the person nearest to them to cut off one of their fingers. <laughs> Carry a knife with you at all times. <laughs> or anybody who any anybody uses the word banter unironically or uses yeah. it yeah. as a defence for anything loses a digit.
1: Oh, the speak. game's gone soft. Oh, yeah. uh, two digits gone. for that
3: one. Your thumb as well goes for that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. is weird. You know what? I think we can all handle a bit of swearing, right? I'm a big fan of swearing. That's oh, why yeah. I like coming on here. It's like can <laughs> say, knob and tits and shit and piss. <laughs> Can't, do Can't do that in the BBC.
3: It's not big but, and it's not clever, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you and we can all, you know, I, I don't mind my kids picking that up on the ref, mic, but I don't want my children using, you know, hearing N-word, faggot, anything like that, you know? Yeah. Well, if you're yeah. a professional rugby player, that's part of the deal now. And there is you a know? difference.
0: There's a complete difference. A
3: massive
1: yeah. difference, so, you know. Yeah, it's just... the difference in calling
0: someone a twat and calling <laughs> yeah. someone any of the things that we've mentioned in passing or in reference to today, you know. It's like, there's no, uh, we talk... all know. We yeah. fucking know.
3: We've talked about rugby's confused morals. It's just another example <laughs> of it. Really. There's a, you know, we pretend a lot of people say it's the most moral sport in the world and all that. And some levels it is, weirdly. And on other levels... We spent years having been quite happy for people to get king punched and fish hooked and yeah and now we're still <laughs> sort of defending inverted commas banter. Last bit of news, uh Billy Vernapolo is out of the six nations to add once again to yes. England's gargantuan back row problems. But also leaving England aside for a minute, spare a for Billy a thought for Billy, I suppose.
0: Well he just can't catch a fucking break, can he? He's got two games back and looking absolutely bloody terrifyingly brilliant again, almost instantly. And, yeah, he was an absolute menace in that first half against the Osprey's game. And, and yeah, a broken, what is it, broken wrist?
3: Forearm, broken yeah. not broken forearm. Something like that, anyway. Yeah. It looked but really innocuous. His hand just kind of hit somebody's head, didn't it, basically? Yeah. You know? And uh...
1: Rob McCusker's North Whalian skull.
3: Yeah. He, he played for Mould, <laughs> Rob McCusker. Yeah, Came from Mould. Where I played for a little while. Thirteen so you're obviously. Saying, 13. You're
0: basically saying you made Rob McCusker. I'm a bit older I mean, than Rob not... McCusker, I think, yeah. It's not I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not a brilliant boast, but it's you know <laughs> <a boast> and... <laughs> He looked like he might have
3: been something. I don't mean this to sound awful, but he looked like he was he was about to make <laughs> could that have been a contender. He could have been a contender. No, he looked like he was about to make that step
0: at one point. He did didn't at he? one point, yeah. Because
3: he was never... the other back rower at Scarlet's at that time as well. He got selected for the Wales. I can't remember now.
0: No, it was a long time ago. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Yeah. he's a, he's a good. He was a good player, Robert But he, he sort of got stuck behind Dan Lydia, and yeah, yeah. that. You know, they're really the big, good back row at the time. You know, he's a good player.
3: So yeah. So for Billy, I don't know what England we're going to do now.
0: Uh, the Guy Mercer project is going to get uh, uh, yeah. ramped up, I would imagine. We well, haven't got much choice,
3: have we? Know. Or it could be the magnificent return of Chubby Tommy.
0: Oh well.
3: Or Ben Morgan.
0: It could be, but well, it's not going to be James Haskell now, is it? So no, it isn't. Come on to that. No. We'll come on to that later. But, uh, yeah. Oh, one more bit, and he's actually, Tommy Bo said he's retiring at the end of the season just before we came on air. Yeah.
1: Great player. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, one of my well, favourite players.
0: It. Yeah. The, my favourite Irishman ever, for obvious reasons.
3: He was another one of those, Tommy Bo. He spent about four years. I, on the, I remember on the, the blog, I started a blog in 2007, and then round about, I think it was round about 2011, I started referring to him as the winger formerly known as Tommy Bow because he became unrecognisable from the player that played O seven to two thousand and ten. He suddenly then became this incredible world beast. and it happened really quite quickly. And right, he yeah. did become an outstanding player, but it seemed to almost be you look like you're not going to make it, and then buff. where did that come from, sort of thing?
0: Yeah, well, he, he kind of when he came to the Ospreys, he was kind of just like, oh, we signed this winger, he's you know got a cap or two for Ireland but you know he might be all right and then he just started scoring tries for absolute fun for the Ospreys and then eventually started scoring fun for Ireland as well
1: yeah and you know even amongst that I funny enough I tweeted just before we came on even amongst that Galactico squad you know of the sort of 2005s beyond up to the you know the, the later the 2000s you know Shane Williams and Henson and Hook and everyone who was there he was still the standout player you know, even with Mike Phillips, the scrum half, and you had Lee he was um, fantastic. You know, test level at 15, uh, sorry, at wing 13, and he was a good full-back as well, you know, great player. Really classy player.
0: Yeah, just big and strong and ran good support lines, and that's kind of everything, and was very, very good in the air. It was kind of like everything you wanted from a winger of his type.
1: Of the yeah, modern type.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly at that point when big wingers were very en vogue.
3: So there you go, so that is the news. Let's move on to what we've learned from the weekend. Yes. I'll make a start. Have yep. you seen Rasling's new stadium?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. They t-
3: they've Did obviously it. taken inspiration from Bolton Wanderers' old ground, <laughs> Burnden Park. Do you remember Burnden Park? And I'm switching sports.
0: Uh, not off the top of my head. In no.
3: 1986, they sold half of their railway end to build a normid superstore at one end of the ground. <laughs> Brilliant. So basically, one corner Fantastic and one half of one end of the ground was basically a supermarket. <laughs> so you'd see them like legging it down the wing into, like, I'd say Normid in massive letters, which was a really shit supermarket as well. It was like a northern co-op that was even worse than the co-op, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and, I bet, and that's basically what wrestling have done. It's not a superstore, that's just what it makes me think of, is this, like, stadium with this, like, it just looks, a big wall at the end.
0: It looks so wrong, doesn't it? It's like, where there's supposed to be people, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's supposed to be so when they have concerts, they can have the big screen behind them. But for its primary purpose, <laughs> rugby, it's fucking terrible.
3: Well, they have to do like Arsenal did when they rebuilt that stand, and they put a lot of cardboard cutout fans at one end, and had like sound <laughs> effects being piped in. They'll have to do because they'll have to do something, they just be. Mind you, there's only about twelve people in the ground anyway, so well, I exactly, suppose they're so, used to that. They, aren't they,
0: they can take a stand each, <laughs> but it is just it looks so weird and wrong. It's like they haven't finished it properly. Maybe they should like when there isn't like a replay or whatever going on, they should just. Project a crowd onto that massive screen so it doesn't look quite so fucking odd on telly,
3: or project a Normid Superstore image, just or a, that? <laughs> as <laughs> an om- as an homage hey, to uh, hey. a Park. It'll be it'll be a
0: Carrefour, it'll be a Carrefour
3: Carrefour or a Leclerc. Yeah,
0: wow.
3: wow. The um, yeah, but it's you know in a way it's kind of a perfectly architecturally representative of how curious a club they are. Because <laughs> even bit, though it? you know they're successful and you know got good play, there is they're just very very curious. Racing ninety two. It doesn't make it's any it. sense. It's like it's having it a against. Premier League team on the Isle of Man or something. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah they are also, odd
0: Yeah, it's like is that a rugby? State? Like it's, it feels like in a sort of not very good way. Like a a stadium that's nominally called a rugby stadium, but they're much more bothered about it being a concert venue. Has
3: he built it himself, the madman, or is it France? Is it France? Uh, Paris uh, council has built it, or something. I've got no
0: idea. Uh, the club has built it for themselves, but it's very obvious that they want to put on a lot of concerts there. They want to put on a lot of mixed use events there. They want to put a lot of handball and stuff on there. They basically anything but rugby it seems like they're mad keen on, but they needed to call it a rugby ground for reasons of politics and planning permission, I would imagine. Yeah.
1: Just be grateful it isn't Bujolalu who's built it, because he'd have just stuck a whacking great picture of his face at that moment. That is extremely true.
3: (laughs) And like a doomsday (laughs) device laser so we can just kill people on a whim.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: It it feels like an
0: NFL stadium in the worst kind of way, in that it's just like this huge aircraft hangar with... No real care or concern for the live fan experience, and only really caring about what 's tally wants and yeah i just i 'm sure it's actually quite cool when you 're there because they can do all of the fucking Fancy Dan pyrotechnic shit in there.
3: Imagine DJ Spoony on a Friday night, like in the uh,
0: well, like in the well,
3: stadium. It'd go, exactly. oh, it'd be, it'd be lit, as my children say, <laughs> which I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> right the then, what else did we lit. learn?
0: Uh, I learned that European rugby is a good deal more compelling when things are like competitive and balanced, and like. It's something that probably these French and English teams might try to remember next time they're going to try and steal an even bigger piece of the fucking pie or whatever they do. Like, Champions Cup's been brilliant this season.
1: Yeah.
0: Purely because there's drama and tension in almost, I say almost, every game. Like, there, aren't, there haven't been too many absolute hidings. Like, even the sort of smaller teams have given as good as they've got to an extent, and it's you know, this wasn't supposed to be the plan. You know, the whole reason that the Premiership and and the Top 14 dissolved the Heineken Cup and created this new thing is so they could win it every year. And thankfully, for whatever fucking reason, that doesn't seem to have worked this season. And it's much better for it because everybody's yeah. beating everybody and there's loads to play for going into the last weekend. And it's like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. I'm interested in your
1: thoughts. I thought. think it's the best group stage that I can remember.
0: Yeah.
3: You
1: know, even you know, the Heineken Cup days, it's the it's been fantastic. Like you say, you know, even some of the poorer teams in there, which I'd say the Ospreys have been. Yeah. Even, even they're managing to be competitive, you know. Saracens with all that money. You know, the Ospreys were able to out-scrummage them on the weekend. You know, that was something they weren't able to do with their Galactical squad. And now they've got a younger, you know, far poorer team. And even they've competed in that, like they haven't been able to in the Pro 14. So I've really enjoyed it. I thought it's been fantastic.
0: Yeah. So luck- have not ashamed them. You know, they they had a bit of a hiding on the weekend, but they've they've carried themselves very well in it this year. You know, it's... It's been all right. Do you think there's anything,
3: yeah. any Paul, any anything under this is just one of those things this year? Because obviously people are starting to read, and then it's you know English clubs going downhill, Pro 14 clubs getting better, but you know, it's only one season. Is there anything to it? Do you think, or is it just I, one of those things? Or
1: I think with the the two Welsh regions, part of it is they've got slightly deeper squads this year than they have had before, because mm. they've had a cash injection over the, over the last two or three seasons you know, managed to retain, you know, likes of John Davis and Scott Williams, <clears throat> those guys would have three or four seasons, they'd have all gone. They'd have all been in the Aviva mm. of France. So I think even with the Ospreys where they are now, you look at, you look at the Scarlet's bench, you know, yeah. there they, they are guys playing in that squad. They'd have probably have been first team last season or the season before. Mm. But now, no, now they're not. They've got guys like Hadley Park. Well, one of Hadley Park, Scott Williams or John Davis is a bench centre. Mm,
3: yeah, good
1: point. Yeah. Uh, and that's something the Welsh regions have never had. So I think there's a little bit of that. And, you know, with the Scarlets, I just think it's, you know, they're playing some of the best rugby I've ever seen a Welsh region play. You know, that's yeah. real barbarians. The All Blacks should have been proud. That, that's not an oversell, right? The All Blacks should have been proud to play some of the rugby they're playing at the moment. It's easily the equal of the Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, yeah because they, are, they are
3: actually, it's not just, let's just shovel shit, I do for the best. They are actually running out space. The, the pausing and waiting for the pass, even out of the tackle. It's not, this isn't just, let's just give it a lash and see what happens. There's something, I, it's more than that. And the big
1: it, thing is, it's based on a solid platform, right? So it's based yeah. on a really good scrum. So it's not like, you know, say Wales of 2005, where they had to pass out of everything because, <laughs> you know, they couldn't risk going into contact. They didn't have a set piece, didn't have much of a line out. So they had to pass round everything. They had and Michael Scarlett Owen
3: doing missed two passes.
1: Right, LCD. exactly. Right? <laughs> this isn't that sort of gig, you know. They're doing this on the back of a good scrum and, and a reasonable lineup. It's amazing. It's really good.
0: It's just, the thing that's really impressed me with the Scarlets, particularly, I mean, fuck it, you, you might as well talk about it. Like The th- thing that really impressed me about Friday Night of the Scarlets was just like, I know we say it all the time, but how fucking good are their forwards at handling
1: Amazing, Rob Evans handles oh, he's better than some
3: most centres have. His, his angles are lovely as well. In fact, we've yeah. we've had a thing a theme running with this quite regularly. Props seem to run the best angles in the league these days.
0: <laughs> it's weird that, isn't yeah. it?
3: Props run better angles than most people. It's so bizarre. Yeah, especially.
1: Yeah, you're right. You know, and even you look at Samson Lee, right? And he's. You know, that oh
3: look at him. Right. Look at Samson Lee, everybody. Yeah.
1: I know. You know, but like you say, and you know, you look at Ken Owens at the Scarlet, you know, yeah. they, they they play they play like back or forwards.
3: Did you see uh, Samson Lee's not- contributions at that try, by the way? Where he just kind yeah. of ambled around the field and then did a sort of like power one knee man stance next to one of the rooks. Without yeah, ever touching anybody, and then a the ball was gone again. It was, yeah. it was like, "Well done, Samson. Just your presence yeah. is enough to, to create <laughs> enough like space." Like,
0: look, I haven't played for three months. This is what I'm contributing <laughs> I'm, to this. I'm literally right.
3: taking a knee at this rook. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I tell
1: you what, East scrummaged Well, look, We haven't a
0: massive, gaffer. massive bonus for Wales having him back. Like he was. I don't want to say he was the difference because he wasn't. But the Scarlet. I'm going to say he was a complete team nothing. with him anchoring that tight head side because they've now got a brilliant front row, a brilliant second row, a brilliant back row, really good half backs, brilliant centres, brilliant wingers, and a brilliant fullback. It's
1: like yeah. wow. And, and, and you know and the big thing, right? You look at Tagburn, okay, and I know in the Welsh press we've spoken about him a lot the last twelve months. If Brody Vitalik right had stepped and at Watson like that, oh, right? What yeah. Watson could still be at the rack for all I know right, in that position. He didn't know where he was when that boy went round him. You know, the lateral movement from Tagburn was unbelievable. You know, he, he left him about four feet dead. And that, for a blindside flanker slash second row, is incredible. I'm always interested
3: to know, because I don't know, because I don't see enough professional rugby union training, but I have seen professional rugby league training a few times. And the forwards work on mobility massively, that kind of lateral mm. movement, moving backwards sideways. Um, and it'd be interesting to know, I imagine Rugby Union does do it now because they've kind of moved on a bit from just... Yeah, so. The trouble is, because you've got so many core forwards, the league benefits in the fact that there's only a certain number of core skills that you actually need. You know, you've got to pass, you've got to run, you've got to whatever, whereas you've yeah. got to spend a lot of time in Union working on when you're forward on Rook and everything else. So it'd be interesting. It's The point I'm making is whether Tygburn just naturally is able to do that or whether it's part of a coaching approach that's realising that's coming to fruition, I suppose.
1: Do you know, I, am, I don't know the answer for sure, but I'd imagine it's a deliberate coaching thing. Now, you look at the way, like I mentioned, Ritalik, you look at White Block, stepping around that first contact point mm-hmm. is something you see them do. they doing a lot now. Um, and, and you look at, you know, players like Genge and those guys, point, you know, just running into a defensive wall is a waste of time. So if you can change that little contact point, which you see it an awful lot now.
0: Yeah, and you're um, starting to and... see it a lot more. With like, even To be honest with you, like, as much as they are, a long way off. Even the Ospreys front rowers were starting to do a little bit, of started to do a little bit of that this season. They were doing it on the weekend, you know, just doing the thing of all it takes for a front rower is just to shape to take the contact and then pass it literally six inches to your side to the man standing next to you, and you've instantly changed the point of attack. And it's, it makes a huge difference. And it's remarkable it's taken this long to catch on. Really, well, it's like it, you but... say,
1: you know, you've only got to move. One foot to the right, and then yeah. you're off the spine and the chest, and you're running the arms. Mm. And you know, as big as those arms are, it's not you know like running into, you know. Yeah, you're not gonna
3: when I did my level one coaching badge. Well, that was one of the questions that they asked, they said, "Why do, why do people sidestep?" That the guy taking the, the thing was, and we all looked a bit, you know, Sunday morning a bit. Um, um. And most of the answers that came out, including from me, I think, was to get around somebody. Because you associate a sidestep with the Phil Bennetts of this world, don't you? You yeah. could get around yeah. somebody because he was a genius. You know, and he was an athlete of beyond compare. But actually, he said, no, it's like exactly what you said. It's about being able to get to the weak shoulder, especially as they're yeah. coming across on the tackle line angle. It's about being able to take their weak shoulder. It's not about getting around people at all. That's why everybody has to do one. The same reason why everybody has to be able to do a scrum half pass because at some point, everyone will have to pass from the base of a ruck. You have to know how to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway... What else did we learn from the weekend, Paul? Anything that you want to mention from the weekend?
1: Yeah, my big one, I think, was Saints winning. Um, yeah, what well, about there? <laughs> I'm, they, I mean, they are the two errant children of European rugby at the moment, Clement yeah. and Saints. You know, and I think it's <laughs> because they had too much pocket money when they were younger
0: and they've
1: been <laughs> spoiled, and now they've grown up into these little petulant teenagers. But I was really worried about Saints, you know, the, the run they were on. You know, if it wasn't for London Irish, I mean they'd have been they'd be down, you know, Saints. They'd be going yeah. down. Yeah. So and 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 I genuinely thought that their season was gonna run out towards the end. But fair play to them, you know. And I, I know Clem are hugely injured, which is really good news for the Ospreys. Yeah. But that was a that's a big win, you know. Even if you've got even if you can't win the league this year and you're obviously not gonna be able to win the European Cup. You know, you've got supporters coming every week who've paid a lot of money mm. and they don't want to turn up to see you get tuned 50-0 every week. No. And that's not an exaggeration. They've taken a few 45-point, 50-point mm. hammerings so yeah it was really good it's good to see from the players and you could argue professional rugby players they should be doing that every week but it doesn't work like that No, and you know when players no. head down and they're demoralised it's just like any job you know you just can't be asked.
3: Oh, what I will say but is, it was it, good
1: to see them turning it around
3: it wasn't been Claremont you said about Claremont being injured but you look at that 15 for Claremont it wasn't that's not a bad team at all no,
0: it's still it's no. still too good <clears throat> it's, yeah. any and, team that's got that kind of talent in it shouldn't be Luke McAllister
3: Peter Beetham who's massively underrated, if you ask me you know in, yeah. Slimani you know he doesn't, have to yeah. pay, he doesn't have to obey any rules
0: no
1: yeah. that is
0: a, he's good
3: for but two and,
1: do, and do you know it's weird it once we're talking about teams sort of giving up if you have a look at the performance from Glasgow right against Leinster mm. and I know that was the second team but there was a point I remember I tweeted about I think it was about 35 minutes their tackle completion was 41% not good is it
3: I read that tweet I had to go for a lie down
1: Right, they made four, they made they made fourteen
3: tackles out of thirty-one. So yeah, you know that. Honestly, you know, don't, so, don't do it. I can feel the it? blood draining out of my head. I might pass out. Oh.
1: <laughs> but you know, it, even even with an average game, you'd expect three players to have made that many tackles in <laughs> yeah. never mind the fifteen on the field. You know, it's insane. They shaped up. I think they must have had a bollock in at halftime. They well, were different in a second. While
3: so, we're talking I mean, about. Seems he completely and utterly gave in. Well, Claremont gave up blatantly, by the way. Credit well, to the, French... t- credit to Northampton, but Claremont gave up in that game. Yeah, they, they almost did. stopped all... running at one point.
0: All of the French teams this weekend basically just reinforced the French teams away in Europe rule is still a thing. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Claremont shot the bed against Saints. La Rochelle just got outmuscled by Ulster. And Montpellier might as well have stayed in the changing room for all they could be asked in the second half against Exeter. They were fucking. They were up, even yeah. worse. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Again, credit you know to Exeter. It's there to be won. But
1: <clears throat> yeah, you know. Yeah, but also, right? If you imagine that Italian teams did that, right? People oh, would be yeah. up in arms, right? Oh, Treviso shouldn't be in this. They're not good enough. They're not taking it seriously. You know, you. I don't. I. I think that level of competition, you need to be sticking your best team out and and trying. You know. I think if you lose by more than 25, you should be deducted points from your league.
3: And you should lose a digit. What? I'm all about losing the digits.
1: <laughs> I like this. It's, gone, it's like the triad week. I like this.
3: <laughs> and of course, who did Leicester get battered by, Josh?
0: Oh. Well, I'll let you do that.
3: They got battered by...
0: Weirdly, <laughs> Leicester's performance was act actually a little bit worse than the band <laughs> act, which is saying a lot because <laughs> cast was <laughs> fucking shit. Yeah, but, but cast the rugby said, team
3: are absolutely shite. How on earth have they beaten Leicester thirty nine 0 I
0: I literally I was I thought oh you know uh, that and the Cardiff game were on at the same time and I was like oh yeah I watched the the you know top table. Big event, and after literally, after about 25 minutes, I was just like, No, this this is nobody is bothered here. Cardiff played
3: uh, some nice rugby, actually, as well. Speaking they of, did, Welsh they played regions. very well,
0: fair play to them. Nick Williams rolling back. Did, the you, know,
3: did you see him just? He was what like, was He looked like Patrick Ewing, he was just kind of like striding across <laughs> the middle of the field, holding everything together. He was unbelievable, it was bizarre. It's he like is
0: he's massive. Taken, he is massive. I mean, it's like he's like listened to all those times that I said that he's ancient, and Cardiff needs somebody who's not 30 million years old to play number eight and taken it personally. But a fair play to him.
1: Oh, man, I tell you what, I frequently see him right when I wander around Cardiff. And every time I double-take and go, Christ, what's that? Oh, it's Nick Williams. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Speaking Don't of massive
1: last, people. Oh no, it's Nick Williams. Yeah, honestly, he's like a van with hair. It's unbelievable.
3: <laughs> but speaking of large people, I learned this weekend, basically, that Will Skelton is basically Lenny from Of Mice and Men.
0: Yes. Massive. <laughs>
3: okay. Not very bright. Probably is going to end up his, get, ends up getting his best friends in trouble quite a lot. Doesn't mean <laughs> to do it, probably. Not a not a mean bone in his body. But in the end of the day, he's probably going to get shot by a riverbank, probably.
0: Yeah, still wouldn't trust what? him with a rabbit. <laughs> so, yeah,
3: don't give him the rabbit. Can you imagine? Imagine a yeah. rabbit in Will Skelton's hands. <laughs> it's a pity he's not Scottish. Yeah. Cottle would have loved him. Oh, God, Will, yeah. crush that. He's Cottle's dream <laughs> player for that. Yeah, but, he's a big gun. He's oh, he's, oh, God, he he's dumb, though, isn't
1: he? Like, he's so was, dumb. He's the <laughs> rings big, though, isn't he? He's, yeah. you know, he's, like, he's big. He's like that big white
3: hawk who has a fight in The Hobbit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. That always freak me out. I don't like those trees that come to life. Yes, he is not I've got a tree that size in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the, I, the, the my own, I always think, oh, God, if that comes to life, we're in trouble here.
3: There's a great, there's the great Lord of the Rings films, but there's the, that amazingly brilliant bit where he, where that big tree walks into the clearing and all the trees have been chopped down. And he goes, "Ooh." Yeah. Mm. Some of these trees were my friends.
1: <laughs> <That's> like,
3: <laughs> seriously, you didn't edit that bit out, you didn't watch that and think that doesn't really work.
1: Anyway, can, maybe, that, that can I just make one can I make one, done one done point running. about the Lord of the Rings films? Yeah, right? of course you can. <laughs> right. I'm not really into all that stuff, right? As you can tell as I like when I denigrated Warhammer earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why didn't the little midgets call one of those call one of those one of those big eagles, just sit on it, fly to that volcano, and drop the ring in it.
0: Instant wow. saving of two and a half films worth of effort. Instant
3: saving of three books. Have you tried reading them? Good Christ yeah. Almighty! They're horrendous. <laughs>
1: they shouldn't have given the rings to those little people. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> I a think we logically.
0: should make. I think we should make Paul's book slash film reviews a <laughs> a new podcast. Yeah, Paul's fantasy films. What
3: Paul doesn't understand about fantasy films, episode (laughs) one. Paul's
1: lack of imagination.
2: (laughs) As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP Changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to, right now.
3: What else have we learned for the weekend, Josh?
0: uh, I, what did I learn? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what I learned. Um, I learned that Marcus Smith got paid. Yeah. He signed his first pro deal this week. And he's going to be earning two hundred and thirty thousand pounds a season plus bonuses. He is eighteen. Can you
3: imagine so, being his agent walking into that room?
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> he, is, he is the world's high. Well, yeah. he is rugby's highest-paid teenager. Whatever and, first
3: figure you've got in your head, ignore that and yeah. start a hundred grand more. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, apparently, like you know, he's an ex- he is a massively exciting, very, very huge prospect, but he is basically getting test player money yeah. at 18. I don't begrudge him it at no, all. No, good for him,
1: yeah, absolutely. And
0: basically, they Quinn said that they paid him that much money because the usual suspects, I'm sure we can guess who that was, were uh, sniffing, around. sniffing around trying to poach him. Like, I do worry that, like, as much as I'm happy for players to earn as much as they humanly can, it does kind of... Is rugby spend... Like, particularly in the Prem, they're kind of spending money in a Brewster's Millions Without Consequences (laughs) kind of way. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just... mm, It worries me a
1: little bit. Yeah, especially at 18. Like you say, the agent probably talking for a happy meal after. (laughs) 250
0: grand. You know what? You can have an adult meal this time,
3: <laughs> and, an app,
0: and an apple pie, and yeah. a McFlurry, yeah,
3: or, a Mc, or a McFluffy, as my dad calls him, because he can't. I don't know why he can't. You he want a McFluffy? What on earth are you talking about? <laughs> but he said the um, <laughs> we don't want to go the way football's going to go, do you? Well, like Arsenal signed, like you know, they signed like a fetus from Morocco for, for like pounds. eight million pounds or something. That's yeah, <laughs>
0: that's that that. the thing that I I worry about. Like fair play to Marcus Smith, but if we are at the Point in rugby now where we're paying 18-year-old fly halves with a seat half a season's worth of first-team rugby under their belt, 230 grand a season plus bonuses. That is, I fear that may be unsustainable. I do too. Long-term. But also the
1: point the point is, and it's the same in football, or soccer, as we call it in Swansea when I was young. <laughs> wage inflation gets you nowhere. It is absolutely pointless. You might yeah. as well put a salary cap on it now in France and here, whatever that might be. I, I don't really care because you're never going to, you'll never have enough money to quench that salary inflation and you're better off whatever money you do make, putting it into facilities or putting it into youth school. You know, that money's always going to go out the door and all that happens is agents go from three series to five series to Veyrons and you've got the same players you've got, just got an agent and a fancier car,
0: you know, so ridiculous
3: Yeah. That remind you know the agent thing always reminds me of Brian Clough's famous quote about agents. You ever read that one? No. He God. said he said, he said, when I was when I was a manager back in the 70s, the only agent was 07 and he only shagged women, not entire football clubs.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Quality. That's really good. Uh,
3: right then, what else have we got there, left for the weekend? Ain't no red card like a Haskell red card. <laughs> Well yeah. Game's gone soft though. Red card oh. for that.
1: <laughs> You've never you know what? You've never been allowed to do that. I, I, saw that's couple, the thing, isn't I saw it I saw a couple of people treating that. Oh I don't know what's gone wrong with the game. You couldn't do that in the eighties. No, of course you couldn't. You know, you can't tackle people's faces. That's <laughs> that's a rule. <laughs> Especially yeah. not Jamie Roberts. Fuck no, Michael that's just you know, Michael Jackson wanted to buy his skull. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. It's just like
0: uh, it, the thing that not, a lot of people are giving him loads of credit for this, but in many ways, Haskell apologizing on Twitter after it annoyed me as much, if not more, than the actual offense. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. just say sorry privately. Why do you have to do it publicly? I'll wait. Well,
1: do you- Do you know? I've I'll say this anecdotally, and I won't obviously won't tell me who told me. But some you know players are encouraged to tweet apologies. That
3: doesn't surprise me. Yeah.
1: Then it you know when you get into the biscuit room, it's you know (laughs) it's it goes you know for you. So it's um yeah I'm sort of sort of led to believe that's par for the course now. If you you know you know you can get in trouble. You look at Bastro, you know he tweeted really quickly after the game so
0: yeah it's true his was, his was a substantially shitter apology <laughs> oh god I know
1: Do you know I really I really hope he gets about three months yeah because you know, I don't, about know right. if, I, I don't or yeah no um, Bastro I think Haskell would get about three or four weeks but I yeah, hope I Bastro gets about three months I don't ever want to hear that word again on the rugby field
0: We've got, you know, we've got to start getting into the what? Like, remember when they started putting monstrously huge bans for eye gouging?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. And there were a couple of players that got banned for a year. And you know that all of a sudden you don't see people doing so many nasties. Like you see the occasional bit of contact around the eye. You don't see eye gouging like you used to, no.
3: because and players.
1: Same with tip tackles. Do you yeah. Remember when that first came out? You know, a couple of 10 <clears> weekers. <throat> that's not a thing anymore. No. That is out of the game. And, yeah, the, you know, the one thing, you know, I know you were talking about earlier with putting bastard and get it out of the twat or whatever it was. <laughs> the, <laughs> one, <thing. laughs> the, one, the one thing I'd love to see is no shoulder clean out in rucks removed yes. from rugby. Because, right, that is so dangerous, right? Even the Pathetic level I used to play, right? Up, you know, in young twenties, you get cleaned out by somebody with this purely with their shoulder. It really hurts, you know. you and you know, everyone makes such a fuss about raking and racking. And my God, that's nothing compared. to someone's nineteen stone six seven and they clean you out with a shoulder barge, which in the rest of the game, if you shoulder barge somebody on the touchline and you're about to score a try, you go to the tower virtually. You can do it. You, <laughs> You yeah. can do it ten times in a row at a rack and no one blinks an eye.
0: Hmm. The thing for me about particularly those big obviously the clear themselves are hideously illegal. But the reason that they happen a lot of the time in the way that they do is that refs aren't bothering to police players blatantly putting their hands on the floor when they're competing <laughs> for the ball. Yeah, if they is. were if they were red hot on that and penalised a player as soon as he put his hands on the ball, having also put one on the floor, Because when you see a player who's hunched over the ball like that getting cleared out, nine nine times out of ten, he's got his hands on the floor, and the ref should be penalising it before the clear-out has even happened. But it's obviously the response to a player being in an illegal position is not to propel yourself like a fucking torpedo directly at the crown of their head with your shoulder. But Your point about raking, unless he stood on
3: your bollocks or your head... Which Wasn't that was it? You know, I, it 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 hurt, yeah. but it was a bad scratch.
1: No, yeah. very it's it's few people skating. got it's the ribs busted head, or their arms it.
3: busted doing it and stuff. No, no, exactly. they really and didn't.
1: And yeah. often, you you know, even if you got really quite badly, you didn't notice it until you got in the bath after. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. seriously, you know, you wouldn't even, yeah,
1: yeah, but you wouldn't even see it until you got in there. You know, you in spent, the shower, you spent a yeah. week yeah. looking
3: like you were sponsored by Adidas.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, who doesn't remember that, sitting down in the bath after the end of a game and just going...
1: <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Imagine yeah. it in an ice bath these days.
1: Yeah, yeah. oh. Yeah, no. But, you know, it was weird. I had a, a brief Twitter conversation with Jonathan Davis and Andy Powell about it on Saturday night. Oh, wow. And, you know, they were both saying... Oh, this was, was on back. one. <laughs> You should be yeah. And, you, you know, bring back raking and bring back rocking And, uh, you know, it was all leveled. They're all old school players. Don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, raking on the floor, and I'm all for cleaning the game up. I think raking at elite level, I'm not saying it under 10s. You know, when people raking people out, is ridiculous. But I think at senior <laughs> and elite level, it would solve a lot of problems.
3: Yeah, I agree. I yeah, know. completely. Bright. It's and one then, of Brian Moore's any... big one that basically, as soon as you get a couple of boots on you, you move. You don't need the have yeah. to say get out, get out. You just move.
1: And if you limit it to the leg, right, which is pretty easy to officiate, right? Yeah. So it's thighs and down. If you're in there, you can, you know, you take a little rake, you move, right? Yeah. No one lines on. No one is going to yeah. lie there to get a penalty. Studs on
3: your inside thigh. Woof. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. It's, it's emphatically not in, not in worth
3: February. It. Studs on your inside thigh in February. Youser. <laughs>
0: yeah. Especially blades. Oh. <laughs> Can you still, You can
3: That's the other thing. You can wear those now. Can't you wear blades now in rugby? Do, do they allow uh, it
0: now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you most couldn't years backs,
3: ago, could you? Because of all the raking most, and
0: stuff. Yeah, most backs you'll see these days wear moulds that have got no some lo- element of no, blade in it.
3: Yeah, there were no blades when I was playing. No,
1: not me. No, no,
3: no. Just needles on the pitches we used to play on. <laughs>
1: yeah, just, just
3: yeah. We used to play play on the mall in Grangetown and have to do a dog shit patrol, like all 30 players lined up and have to walk down the pitch because it was just a public park. Do you know the the mall in Grangetown?
0: uh, Yeah,
3: anyway. Right then, what else have we learned for the weekend before we wrap this up? Anything else? Oh,
0: um, I learned that uh, Reese Patchell's best position might be the one that he really doesn't want to play.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, he might really want to be a 10. He might have left the Blues for the Scarlets because he wants to be a 10. But like so many other Welsh tens over the years, I think he might be a better fullback. Like he's I been really good. He's been really good be at 10 for a, the Turks, but fuck I, me, I think he's good on
1: five bike. Weirdly. I think he's yeah. better. Hmm. Um, it's just a shame. Like you say, he's moved from a club to become an outside half where they've got loads of centres, even if yeah. Scott Williams' gonna leave. Yeah. You know, I think I think mm. if he was playing at the Ospreys, He'd have been you know, at twelve, they may now? Be, yeah. They may have been looking to move him into twelve already. And, you look at and the lines no that well,
0: run know, he's, such he's... nice, run, nice, incisive, dangerous lines from fullback. Is he quick enough to be a fullback?
1: He seems to nice be. To
0: level. I yeah, don't know he's, if it's uh, test level, but he's
1: quick enough for twelve. Well oh, yeah. absolutely.
3: Yeah, I don't have a yeah. problem with that. But he's, and his
0: range of passing is superb as well. Yeah. Like some of the passes he was throwing out on Friday night. I oh. think there's
3: something about that second option at second receiver he offers. Not Which really. is what was noticeable at the weekend was yeah. that yeah. that's what he brought for fullback, yeah. not just being a fullback, <laughs> I think it was so, that
0: it's some way to get involved involved in that second receiver role, isn't it? Whether yeah. that's at twelve or at fifteen. But yeah. Well
3: he's well, yeah, he's mm. second receiver, plus he's a second option at first receiver, is what I meant to say. And that's yeah. what's that's what works. That's why he'd be good as a twelve, I think. One, because he's a, a creative second receiver and he can step in, couldn't he? And he could offer he could offer distributing options both sides of the scrum from the middle of the park and all that kind of it, stuff.
1: And- and he's defensively solid. Yeah, he's you a know? big lad as well. He's quite big. I yeah. tell you what, right? He's one of the most, de- other than Dan Bigger, he's the most deceptively tall player. Whenever I meet them, I go, oh God, you're much taller than I realise. Yeah, Dan he's Bigger, He's three or something, isn't he? Yeah. Is actually, he's taller than me, right? And I'm six three, and he's a good bit bigger than me and a lot more muscular, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, he's a big lump. Are you six three, Paul? Are you like the tallest, I like,
3: are you the tallest journalist in Wales?
1: 6'3, but I've got the physique like a crisp packet full of sick.
3: <laughs> like a knotted <laughs> bit of string.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. I've got, te- I've got a tennis body now. Let's put it that way.
3: Do you play tennis, do you?
1: I've been elevated to the first team now, my local club. Ooh. He's, he's... But I am by far the worst player in that first team.
0: <laughs> I love you, Paul. You are. Without doubt, the rugby journalist in Wales. I have no problem picturing in some <laughs> very fancy tennis whites. Yeah. So, you know. have you got, have <laughs> you got
3: <laughs> Bjorn Borg eighty style super tiny shorts? That's what I want. To do. <laughs> anyway,
1: next time I come on, I'll do it in full. <laughs> Headband a lot. <laughs> yeah. that's mandatory.
0: Anyway,
3: anybody learn anything else on the weekend, Forty One?
0: Um, I learned that people will talk with increasingly stretched levels of credibility about stretch squad depth of clubs that have more money than God, i.e. Claremont, or particularly Saracens, where BT were talking about how tired Saracens' pack must be by the end of the game. That is a squad that's so stretched, they had to resort to bringing a World Cup-winning back rower into the match day 22. Aww. Oh, and they, all, and they also have... They also do... <clears throat>
3: in other times, do nothing but eulogise how fit and incredibly prepared they are.
0: Yeah. You can't it's have like, it both oh, yeah. ways, can you? Oh, Sharp Berger had to come into the 23. What a fucking shame. <laughs> you know who the Ospreys reserve fucking back row was? Will Jones, 19 years old. Mark Never Perrigo. played a minute in European rugby before in his life. Yeah. Like, don't tell me that these massive clubs with huge budgets are struggling with their squad depth. Come on. <laughs> That's
1: yeah, great.
3: It's very true, and it is something about the Anglo-centric coverage, I think. There's always going to be a reason, hasn't there, rather than the fact that maybe they're just better than you tonight, just live with it, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
1: maybe it's not your night. The one other thing I learned before you go into your um, shit good is that Chris Cook is going to have a really rough video session (laughs) on on Monday because Gareth Davis is like someone from Street Fighter.
0: And Aaron Shingler as well. He got Unbelievable. done. He got literally put in the air twice. And I mean the it's Aaron Shingler one is kind of acceptable because Aaron Shingler's a big lad. But the Gareth Davis one, less so, to say the least.
1: It's like Nelson Munts or Melous twice.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah,
3: it's a, yeah, it was um and the thing is, he's quite a shithouse, Chris Cook, as well. He wouldn't have taken yes. that very well. He'd have been fuming, but couldn't do anything about it. Like impotent fury to do something about it. <laughs> well, all, he, all, he, all he had to do was just watch the ball and red players in red whizzing past it as he stood there fuming <laughs> and being, the, the humiliation of it. I
1: love
0: him. Stephen Shingle played well, speaking of Shingles as well. I tell you what, yeah. It's... Weirdly good,
3: yeah. (laughs) it won't happen again. It's one of them sort of like one-off things. But
0: right then, the blues were really good. I'll give them that.
3: Last thing I learned, right? Mm. The most blatant bit of cheating I've seen since Neil Black, since Neil Back slapped the ball out of uh, Peter Stringer's hands and led to him to do a big, massive stampy Yosemite Sam tantrum. Yes, was Van Rensburg for Montpellier lying? full length with his arms out in front of the post. Oh, my
0: God, that was amazing,
3: though. Somebody's put this through for shit later, and I was like, you're joking, that's one of the best things I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) He was literally reclining as if on a chaise lounge (laughs) in front of the post with the ball on the line, as if to say, well, try dabbing it down at the base of the post now, you motherfuckers. Yeah.
3: I don't. It's, it, some people calling for a penalty try, weren't they? And actually, probably I mean, some, it, it's probably because it, literally, you could have just picked it up and put it down. Yeah.
0: Like if they hadn't scored from there, that should have been a penalty try and a yellow card because he, he might as well have just erected a small tent there. And it's the way the... he was,
3: like on his side with his on his hand behind his head, like leaning on his elbow, like <laughs> sl- <laughs> it
0: was incredible. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not oh. sure at what point he thought the ref was going to be conned by that particular <laughs> route. But, but he kept was...
3: kind of waving his hand at the ref as if he I don't know what, I've, I've been nailed to the floor or something, or I've lost yes. the power of my legs, you know. Kind of...
0: Just,
1: <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big squad going into the depth. You can't expect me to play to the end of the game.
0: Yeah. Oh my, <laughs> boot, my boot lace has got caught in the ruck, sorry. <laughs> like oh, a Vic and Bob yeah. thing.
3: Oh, oh, Vic, I fell over.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Paul. Thank Hello. you very much for your time. Indeed. We will let Gentlemen, you mosey Paul. on away.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it as always. always. Pleasure, Paul. Take care, Paul. Cheers, Cheers gents. Ta-da. 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 Ta-da.
3: Thank you, Paul. So let's talk about the, well, the inevitable trouble that the Cuthbert Police on Cup has wandered into, into literally there. into icy waters.
0: There's trouble at Cuthbert Police on Cup Mill. Yes, <laughs> yes, there <laughs> is. Uh, Yes, this is an issue because London, I mean, to be fair, Krasny gave it a red hot go for 40 minutes and then basically gave up and Irish scored 40 odd points and palmed the CPC off to Krasny Yar, which means that we have got one game to save the CPC. If Krasny can't hand the cut back to London Irish next weekend, we will have some very awkward decisions to make.
3: So basically, Krasny have to beat London Irish at
0: Krasny at Krasny in, Rus- in Russia, well, I mean, which is not beyond the realm. I mean, the and they were know, ahead
3: a bit, weren't they? Before it all yeah. went really badly wrong.
0: Let's face it; I can—who among us can't imagine London Irish not being not really being up for it yet. about playing in Russia? I mean, it could happen. I've got faith, but on the flip side. I'm very confused as to what happens if they don't because Krasny well. haven't even got a Twitter. <laughs> they've, got, they've, got whatever, they've got whatever they use in Russia instead of Twitter. I've looked on their website. They've got a, a weird thing that I don't understand what it is and I'm not joining or
3: that. In just ci- to... Or in cy- Cyrillic writing. Oh, yeah, and there's absolutely. no way I'm paying a 20 quid for Brian Driscoll's shitty app to get the results on there either. So
0: They don't even have the Russian League. No. £20 exactly. pound a year, they haven't even got
3: the Russian League, the cheeky oh. bastard.
0: I know, he can fuck right off with of that <laughs> shit, by the way. I think we've, 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 we've done that. that, we've done Hello that, again. yeah. Yes, so, so the, yeah, they have a thing called, they have an Instagram, fair play, and they have a VK, whatever that is, VK.com, I thought it was, I assumed it was Vodka Kick. I was going to say, say, isn't that pop?
3: some kind of alco-pop?
0: <laughs> yeah, mildly popular alco-pop from the mid, uh, I think it's, it's Russian Facebook, Ugh. Yeah. Well yeah, it, so
3: we, we will we live in hope. The hope of Krasny are beating them next weekend that we can maybe continue the V We don't hold that much hope. So we're gonna no. defer the decision till next week 'cause we've got to give yes, Krasny the chance not, to fucking sort this mess will, out. We will not then...
0: make our minds up until such a time as we have to, because we don't want this thing to to get complicated. No we don't. You know.
3: God knows it's been complicated enough. Fuck me, tell me about Even it. Even I get confused about who has to beat who sometimes. I know, it's a mess. Anyway. Right then, so that's the Cuthbert Police on Cup. Yeah, Which goes right into the shit, because it is a bit shit. That's in the shit category this week. The Cuthbert Police on yes. Cup, are ruining it.
0: Tell you what else is shit. Go. Or who else was shit. Aaron bloody Cruden. Oof. 50 caps for the All Blacks, but he didn't fucking look like it on Saturday, did he? Jesus.
3: No, and nobody in Montpellier did, but that's still no yeah. excuse. Because it is like, come on, mate.
0: Yeah. You're, you're on 900,000
3: fucking... drachma a week or whatever it is. Yeah. You need to sort yourself out.
0: Yeah. You're being paid a fuckload of money to not be a shambles. <laughs> the least you can do is try and look like not a shambles while the rest of your team falls. Is it a bit. too
3: much to ask? What are the outcomes? What, what are your target outcomes for this year? Not a shambles while you're failing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's generally my g- game in every walk of life, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: But, I mean, you look at the, again, you know, Cruden and Dolo... Serfontein Franz Stein. there's just absolutely. no excuse is there for that midfield being so, old, that no and being so awful absolutely no Mark de Plessis did his best I'll give him that he, he was did. doing yeah. his bloody best
0: <laughs> he was at times it felt like he was doing it all on his own because he literally was
3: Louis Piccolo was wandering uh, around looking exactly like Mr Big from Sex and the City
0: <laughs> yes i tell you I tell you what though uh, defensively at least Jan Sir Fontaine was actually trying as well <laughs> He was. He was flying into those tackles and trying to stop overlaps. It's just a shame the rest of his team really couldn't be fucking bothered.
3: I was in the kitchen when this game started, and my wife said, your favourite thing's on the telly, and she paused it, and I walked in, and it was uh, an extra fan in a massive headdress. And I was like, you swine. (laughs) I came out of the kitchen for this. (laughs) I thought it was going to be Tom and Jerry or something. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it, what, I'm not going to go into that again. But it's no. <laughs> what else have we got? this shit. Phil Harry's got in touch on Twitter, and he said that shit is John Lacey.
0: Oh fucking! I, I mean, you know, twas bit, ever thus. I did have a little mini meltdown about him <laughs> on Saturday night because he was so fucking bad, though. Like it was at the point where by the end of the game, the. Commentators, particularly Hugo you Ugo kept saying that he was having a great game, which once again shows why Hugo Monier is, is the he worst. He was probably going to bump
3: into him in the players' lounge after, wasn't he? That's the thing.
0: Well, it's just like he is fucking really bad. Like, really bad. <laughs> he just looks like, baffled all the time. <laughs> I know, but it's like saying that, that say, of all things, saying that John Lacey's had a good game was like one of the wrongest things that anybody, <laughs> like even the mayor of Wrongtown, wouldn't have. <laughs> Called that out. He was he was a fucking magic eight ball. He really what he could have done anything.
2: But the a... thing is,
0: by the end of the game, they were him at Monier and whoever was doing the main comms were sort of like th- putting like huge leaps of logic and tying themselves up in all sorts of knots in an attempt to try and explain what he was <laughs> giving penalties for. We've all been there. Like, it was like, lads just. I know just you say can, he's having an absolute just fucking mess. He's mare. having it's an absolute ab- shocker. Um, but yes, he was very bad.
3: Yeah, uh, he's yeah, absolutely. What I loved about it is on the highlights program that Martin Bayfield presented of the European Games, the Osprey's mm. game, they did a brilliant bit of TV coverage language where they said we said the game at the Liberty Stadium was played with very tight margins, which basically means this was shite, by the way.
0: Yes, it was almost unwatchable unless you had a massive stake in it like I did.
3: I thought you meant there, literally was... unless you had a massive stake to enjoy well, it I
0: with. Well, I fucking wish I had. I would have enjoyed <laughs> the game a great deal more. What else um, have we got shit? Speaking of shit and referees, actually, I don't say this very often, but Nigel Owens, like... It's been a couple of weeks like, now. I know he likes to let the game flow, and... Mm. Like, he's a little bit flexible, but you can't just pretend that some rules don't exist. <laughs> like, players going in off their feet just had free reign in that Chiefs-Montpellier uh, game. And also, the number of high tackles, particularly like the seatbelt tackles that are getting pinged every time now, the ones that sort of oh. start around the yeah, neck right, and yeah, yeah, off yeah, the yeah, shoulder, yeah. that's a penalty these days. Literally every other tackle, the extra were putting in, it seemed like, were one of them. And Nige didn't even blow the whistle once for it. I think it. he's I decided
3: that they are rugby incidents. That's a tackle that isn't that dangerous, and he's going to let them go. And fair enough, but that's not
0: the rules. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Nige. He always makes for an entertaining game, and he always has a certain degree of sympathy and flexibility, and that's what makes him a good ref. But you can't just actually ignore things all the time. Si
3: Clark got a touch on Twitter and said, shit is my creeping suspicion that Irish rugby is peaking at the wrong point of the World Cup cycle.
0: Um, oh, don't worry about it. Have you seen how young off your fucking yeah. teams are? There's
3: also the fact that we don't know that yet because we haven't seen them play the Six Nations yet, Si.
0: That is true. That so is So you don't true. know, it
3: might, they might not yeah, peak but... at all. I mean, I, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case. They thought I'd fucking bolted on to a cracking tournament, but yeah. you never know, do you?
0: Yeah. Um, what else was shit for me? Oh, it's not shit. It's actually amazingly good. However, it is worth worth noting, because it involves shitness, I feel it should go here. But this weekend was the fifth anniversary of the glorious moment when Toby Flood ran into a a goalpost. (laughs) (laughs) One of rugby's greatest moments. Yes, A moment's silence, please. Something I have definitely watched. At least fifty times since I was reminded that it was a fifth anniversary, and it's still amazing. Has anybody yeah.
3: done an actual soundtrack for it where it goes quick, ting pong, reason... wop wop Because that's for would be reason they have it,
0: and it would be absolutely perfect. See, this is why Vine needed to exist for yeah. things like this. R.I.P. Vine. <laughs>
3: What else have we got? Sam Ashworth mentioned the Van Rensburg thing in front of the post. Yes, absolutely, yes. we agree. But you said it was shit. I think it's the best Thank thing you. I've seen in Brilliant. rugby for about Hilarious. three years. Loved it. Uh, Jim Roberts got in touch and said, shit is the Osprey settling for a draw when in possession and nearly in penalty range. And Ferris also got that in touch and said that was shit as well. He said that Rhys Webb kicking it out of the death could be shit or good, depending on who you ask.
0: Well, I see they weren't almost in penalty range. He was in his own half and Saracens were monstering every single breakdown and the Ospreys were knackered. I would not have bet a lot of money that the Ospreys... So the argument have...
3: they could have driven into the half and see what happened and maybe grabbed a penalty doesn't doesn't wash with you, yeah. Josh.
0: Equally, for me, that is equally if not more likely to end up with they seal it off, concede a penalty and Owen Farrell boots Saracens to the win. <laughs> From the halfway line. So I'm fully had in Had all the inevitability
3: of, of not going well, of, a, of yes. Wales taking the scrum option on the five metre line.
0: Well, exactly. And, and there was, you know, when at the end of that game, when Saracens were basically going through the phases inside the Ospreys' half, I was almost certain that that was going to end up in a penalty. And when it didn't, I think, and I imagine Rhys Webb probably felt exactly the same way. He was so pleasantly surprised to have not lost that game at the death like they always do that his first thought was, fuck this. Last bit of Let's shit. C-
3: Last bit of shit yes. got. The black and red got in touch on Twitter. Not heard from me for a while. Or if we have, I've not oh. used it. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm going to mention it now. He said, uh, Embra versus Stavron say, tad chilly, touch judges decide to wear their official EPCR tracksuit tops during the game, which are black, the same colour as Edinburgh's top. We oh, only passed cool. to them once, but still, how hard is it to work out that you might have to use a different colour?
1: <laughs>
0: Lovely.
3: And actually, a very quick one from your professional opinion. England's new training top. Looks like an Aussie, David Reese says, looks like an Aussie shirt dipped in tar. What were they thinking? It,
0: it has a certain green and goldness it's about bizarre, it, doesn't it? It's isn't it? I'd rather, Ooh,
3: have, one that, should, I'd rather have that wine-coloured thing. Me, oh,
0: actually, um, Pro 14 TV rights next season. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already sold the Irish ones to some thing I've never heard of. Um, and because of that, Sky aren't interested BT aren't interested. So the choice is between BBC or some other terrestrial broadcaster or Premier Sports. So Mm. guess which one of those is going to happen inevitably? Premier Sports, Of course it is. So we'll all either have to pay an extra 10 or a month to watch the Pro 14 and it will be even less visible than it is now. Well done.
3: You you will be able to watch the NRL, though.
0: Yes, that is true. That's worth some of your money. And ice hockey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, <laughs> collision but, sports yeah but it's like for god's sake you want to grow this league and you're taking the short term extra few quid off Premier Sport to ghettoise yourself got in on the channel who it is it air, sport or something, air sports air sports yeah never heard of them
3: is it this decade yeah. Satanta is it going to go bust in about six months <clears> and bring the oh, sport with
0: certainly. it oh but um, yeah as a result and BT aren't interested because they've got enough rugby and they couldn't work out the scheduling with Pro 14 and BT on at the same, and Prem at the same time. So, yeah, it's BBC or bust. Bust. Well,
3: <laughs> what have we got that's good? Uh, good. Cle- Cleese Colt Chief got a judge on Twitter and said, good was Exeter's win over Montpellier. Then he said, bracket, keep an open mind, Josh. Close bracket.
0: <laughs> keep an open mind to cartoonizing (laughs) racism
3: however yes it was a solid win it was a solid win
0: they were very good they're still incredibly fucking racist (laughs) in their branding but they were very good i'll keep an open mind about that
3: anything else that's good
0: well, you speaking sc- of extra, I've just scraped
3: actually. him off the ceiling, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah. he's, he's...
0: Uh, speaking of extra, actually, Ollie Woodburn. Ridiculous oh. finishes all over the place. Good I was chatting God. to
3: somebody when I was in the Premiership final in the box, and I won't say who it was, who said that Ollie Woodburn being a professional player is one of the greatest mysteries of his life because he actually played with him at junior level and said he was horrendous. That said he was like <laughs> properly village. Nobody ever thought That's he'd amazing. ever get a contract. And look at him now.
0: Yeah, just goes to show what a bit of hard work he'll do. Yes, he is... he's
3: he's kind of like a shit pound version of Ed Brew, but you know he's a
0: bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even the Brew didn't have enough clue. So... No, he didn't, did
1: he? No, bless.
0: Speak Tell you what, though, fucking hell, a hell of a finish from Matt Banahan as well. Yes, indeed. Where has he been hiding that in his locker? Now he's out of Gloucester. Whilst... It's all coming out. Yeah, it's all fucking acrobatic shit. <laughs> I'm uh... having a
3: laugh now. What else? What yeah. do I do? Bye. I've got a new contract. What else have we got here that's good? Robbie Owen got in touch, uh, he of this pod sometimes another blog, and he said, Good was Ben Foden scoring a 60-metre stunner in a man of the match performance. Yeah, you see, you say it was a stunner, Robbie, but when I watched that, what you notice is he, he just ran in a perfect straight line. And somehow everybody moved out of his way. Did you notice that? <laughs> he didn't actually change direction, he just started running. And particularly in, like, the last 30 metres of it, three players all just kind of ran away from him like he had a force field <laughs> or something. It was really, really strange.
0: Yeah, I mean... It it's like I think people were covering this, the
3: people it. running off him and in the end he just kept running. And it just, the yeah, whole it's field that opened classic thing him. you
0: see in rugby where you assume you look at players assuming he's going to pass and sort of moving out to cover and cut off the pass, but they forget that he can just carry on <laughs> He can on just keep running.
3: going, yeah. Yeah. And he's, not, he's, he's under no obligation him, to pass that ball.
0: Yeah. He will eventually just score a try if you just keep letting him go.
3: He's under no obligation to pass the bastard off the back of the twatting thing.
0: No, for none example. whatsoever. Anything good from you? Um What's... should we should we rename the post the fuckers as well? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that, yeah. Right like underneath that. the fuckers. Yeah, he's absolutely nailed it. Between oh, he's yeah. come right off the fucker. <laughs> he's
3: come right off the left fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: Bisected the fuckers. Let's
3: start making a list of this. I can't yeah, lose. Yeah. I can't lose this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then one day, once we've compiled a full compendium of everything, you and I will. Or an elite group of people who've paid money for it <laughs> commentate on an entire match using exclusively those terms. Yeah,
3: on, on Patreon or whatever it's called, and I don't understand. Yes. I don't yes. understand what that is, but it's basically <laughs> give
0: us fifty quid and we'll do that. <laughs> I am fucking entirely buyable for not a lot of money. Yeah. Um anyway, good. Rory Best was good.
3: Yeah, ulster. Not... Yeah, ulster. To I mean, that's a yeah, pretty gem. that that is a pretty
0: monstrous pack
3: wink. that uh yeah. La Rochelle pack. Yeah.
0: Uh, like I'm not Rory best biggest fan at times, but the ferocity with which he was just clearing out rucks against La Rochelle was just glorious. He should have carried a health warning. He was just absolutely smashing anything that moved and.
3: Yeah. yeah, Colin McBride got in touch on Twitter and he said good, was every Ulster player deciding try, to try to compete physically, despite La being massive, massive bastards. <laughs> oh, and massive. it's true, isn't it? They are. They're massive. And, he's, yeah. and yeah, the actual fair play to them, they did come out and give it some. Mm-hmm. Give it some pasty, as he said up North.
0: Indeed. One team we haven't talked about much this week. Yeah. Because, because it's boring to talk about <laughs> the best team in Europe. But um, Scott Fardy was excellent. Ugh. Yes. For Leinster. Um, He's been excellent this season, to be honest. He's a big part of why Leinster have sort of got even better this season has been him and...
3: And he's got like a gaggle of younglings around him learning how to play back row.
0: How to be an absolute (laughs) shithouse. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he's... he's, I like you, Jack.
3: I like Jack Coder. I like your play. But, mate, you need to be more of a (laughs) shithouse. You follow me.
0: Yeah, I'll... And, yeah, even a fair play to him. He even bagged a couple of tries against Glasgow. It's not easy I mean, for... You know,
3: I think I could have scored against Glasgow on the weekend. I could have. But had, even I mean,
0: so, Lensford, The two tries he scored, I 100% But Lens are knocking scores haven't.
3: like that up against people who are trying. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of
0: it's it's a little bit scary, isn't it?
3: Uh, Andrew Collomb got into it and so said, Good was Roman Poit penalising crooked Figs at Lanham and Scrum. Marius Mitray did it as well this weekend. It's almost oh like...
0: God. It's almost like they listen to this podcast, oh, isn't
3: it? It? Well, it must be. What else can it be? Because
0: last week we were like, fuck that. Don't worry. Forget about crooked fees. No one cares anymore. And so they've gone, oh, well.
3: <laughs> we can't be having that. Watch this. Right then. Have you got anything else?
0: Uh, one more, and that is uh, Joshua Tusova. Hmm? He's a defensive liability, yes, <laughs> but you could not pay me money to try and tackle him when he's got a good head of steam up. Oh. The things he did to that poor Treviso defense were <laughs> absolutely filthy. Just, it was like watching like a big lad playing with some small children. Yes. It was horrible. That's funny. Yeah.
3: Poor Treviso. They really weren't up for that at all, were they?
0: Well, they were up for it for 40 minutes and then they just were like, <laughs> we've whatever. Given this, oh, Let's lads, go. We've given this our best. Yeah. It was exactly the same as Montpellier, basically. They went, Look, lads, we tried for an hour. They've scored a couple of tries. Can you be? No, I can't either. Fuck it.
3: <laughs> so there you go. That is episode 94, lockdown, close down and finish. Hey, we'll be up to episode 100 soon.
0: We are in the nervous 90s, though, so.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we might hit 100 during the Six Nations. We've probably That'd actually done
0: 100 episodes
3: because we did a lot of, you know, like 54B episodes. Midweek, yes. We so did I think do a in total, total we probably have done 100 episodes. However, mm. I think we in have terms to mark
0: of full, genuine, pure, full yeah. fat. This is the real thing. Except no substitute blood my podcast. Let's do
3: a live show for the hundredth episode, and we can have 12 people turn up to a pub somewhere. Yeah. Who aren't sounds even of, there? Who aren't even music. there for the podcast? We're literally <laughs> just
0: there to watch whatever games on that night. Yeah.
3: yeah. Could you put the Could you put the football on, please? Why, why are you two talking in the corner?
0: No, they'd be like, "Can you put the the uh, whatever the motocross on, please?
3: <laughs> rally cross.
0: Rally cross. That's what it's. Do you
3: remember before. that? Remember rally cross? to be yeah. cars that drive half on a track and half on like a, on the mud. Yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. Anyway,
0: what's that anyway?
3: No brakes, that's what I know about Speedway. And they, always, have it the, they have it at the Millennium Stadium, don't they? Uh,
0: yes, I still don't understand what it is. I've watched it on Sky a few times, it makes well, no sense. They go sense. round
3: and round and round doing skids.
0: Yeah, stupid, silly sport.
3: Anyway. Anyway. On that bombshell, we'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> we will speak to you all next week. Indeed. Take, Take care, bye
2: As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Spoiler alert. A two-word warning that we're about
1: to ruin the end. But sometimes, spoilers can be worthwhile. And so, we designed the Lexus NX to reveal many things. Like taking the mystery out of how close you are between parking space lines. Or the time you'll arrive at your dinner reservation. Technology
3: designed to remove surprise endings. It's just a better story that way. Click the
1: banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.